Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. The How to Trade It podcast is all about making our listeners successful at trading. When you listen to real people sharing their stories of how they overcame their own trading failures, it connects you to a level of enlightenment that you can't get from education alone. These stories contain wisdom and actionable tips that will make you a better trader. Listen to each episode and become the successful trader that you want to be on the How to Trade It podcast. Hello, this is Casey Stubbs. And today we're going to do a special How to Trade It podcast. I'm going to be calling this the Legends series. And this is where we're going to talk about trading legends, do some research and studying some of the best traders and just going over their life and learning what we can about them and how we can apply it to our lives, to our trading. And so this is going to be a new type of episode. I have a special question at the very end that I want to ask For everyone that's listening, so stay tuned to the end because I'm going to have something that I want you to do to participate in. So please stay tuned for that. But to get started, let's talk about the Trading Legends series. And the very first legend that we're going to go over is Jesse Livermore. Now, I know a lot of you have probably heard that name, Jesse Livermore. He is a very famous trader, probably an obvious one to start with just because he has had so much success in trading. And he's really an interesting case study and a lot of exciting things happen in his life. And honestly, it's one of the reasons why trading is very exciting. It can bring a lot of good rewards and a lot of bad things can happen. And both of those happen in Jesse's life. So the first thing we'll start out with is Jesse Livermore when he was born in July 26th. 1877. Just to put that into perspective, I was born in 1976. So he was born 99 years before me, if anyone was interested. (laughs) But he was born to poor farmers in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And the boy's mother knew that he was destined for great things in life, but had no idea what the greatness would be achieved. And I'd just like to take a time out here just to talk about that. And it's really interesting when someone you care about really believes in you and it kind of sets up something in your life. I know for me, believing in myself has been a big part of my success, but also when other important people in my life has really believed in me and let me know that they knew that I could do great things. And so right from the bat, Jesse had a great relationship with his mother, and she knew that he was going to do some really awesome things. And I like to hear that. It excites me a little bit. So he learned to read and write really young. At three and a half, he was reading and writing, and he excelled in his study. But schooling was cut short because back then it wasn't really an important thing, and he was a farmer. 
And so his father pulled him out of school to help him on the farm. And then again, it's his mother. His mother knew that he was not going to be a farmer. He was going to do something much better than that. So his mother helped him run away from the farm. She helped him out. And again, we saw that earlier that his mother believed in him and she wasn't going to settle for him to do the mundane farm life. There's not a lot of details about this. I did some research and there wasn't a lot of details. So we don't know the situation here. We don't know if this caused trouble between Jesse's mother and father, if they had a big fight about this and she did it behind his back. I don't know. But she said, look, I'm going to help you get out of here. I'm going to help you accomplish something great. And I really like that. I like that she did that, that she helped him. And uh, we should think about it when investing in people, helping them escape, helping them do something great, especially if we see something in them and just take a risk on somebody. And uh, obviously this was her son, but she took a big risk. It was a great peril for her to do this. And I don't know the details, but I know that it was definitely not an easy thing for her to do. And so Jesse ended up in Boston, which wasn't too far from where he lived. But he remember, he was very young and he started a job at Payne Weber making $5 a week. And that was his first exposure to the stock market. And he was posting quotes on a chalkboard for investors to see. And so he just learned the market. He immersed himself in the market and he was writing quotes on the chalkboard. And he started to notice patterns in the market. And he started to understand how the prices moved and how things happened. And he was like, oh, wow, I can do this. I actually started trading around the same age, probably a little bit older, maybe 16, 17. And I was not as immersed in it as he was. But I remember how excited I was when I first saw trading at a young age saying, wow, this is something I can do to make money. And I started in my teens and it was really cool. But Jesse, he began to develop a strategy at 15 years old. And he couldn't really buy stock on the open market. So he did his first trade in a bucket shop. And a bucket shop arose in the early days as a way of making money. And it was highly leveraged. It wasn't regulated then. And it was just small little operations. It was like mini stock markets, right? And so they would just take your, it was like a betting situation. They would just take bets on stocks. And so it was leveraged and a small movement in price could provide a pretty big winning or a complete loss. But Jesse had an act for this. In his first trade, he risked $5 and he made $8.12, which is a 60% return on investment on his first trade. And after doing this a little while at a young age, he was actually winning a lot more than he was losing. And afterwards, he actually went home and gave his mom $1,000 in cash. And so when we talk about his mother, she took a risk for him. She helped him get launched and he just excelled. She knew that he was going to do well and he excelled. And I'm sure it was exciting for him to come back and give his mom the money. And I bet she was really happy. And I could just imagine that situation. Really, it's a great story there. And so as he went on, he was being more and more successful. But the bucket shop owners, those were small little operations and he couldn't really operate in that small environment very long. So he actually couldn't operate there and he had to use disguises or place his bets far away because they knew who he was. And so after that, it just didn't work very long. So he had to go to Wall Street where the main stock market was. And he went to Wall Street and 
when he first got there in Wall Street, it wasn't as easy as it was in the bucket shops because his strategy didn't work there. He was relying on a ticker tape and in Wall Street, the strategy just was too slow. And the market floor where action was really furious. And I have no idea what that was like. That was so over a hundred years ago, the market was so different then. But I do know that the markets change and they work in different environments. And so he had to make an adjustment. So once he got there, he ended up losing his money and he had to do something else and he had to go back to the bucket shops. But the problem was that the bucket shops that he was at, they wouldn't let him trade. So he had to go somewhere else. And he ended up going to St. Louis. And he went to St. Louis and he started trading again in bucket shops. And over the next 20 years, two decades, he slowly was building his wealth and he was learning how to trade successfully. And finally, in 1901, he had a big win. He was just grinding and he had a big win. And so his first big win came in 1901. And that big win, he turned $10,000 into $500,000. And that's a big deal. 10000 into 500000 by going long on railroad. And if you look at history at all, you know how railroad exploded. Railroad was like the internet, right? It was access to the entire country fast. Back then, it was really hard to travel and it took forever. I mean, it was such a big deal. And so he saw the opportunity, went after it, and it really paid off big. That is a huge ROI. Just in reviewing that in my mind, it's a great lesson because he's grinding, not slow growth. And then all of a sudden, $10,000 was a lot of money then. In 1901, $10,000 was a lot of money. And so he had a lot of success. But 500000 is over a million dollars in today's money. So he was really doing well. And then all of a sudden, he hit it big. And have you ever heard the term overnight success? Well, he was working for 20 years to become an overnight success, right? And that's kind of how it works. You work really hard and then your success happens quickly, but it's not really quickly. It's an overnight success after grinding for 20 years. And so I just want to encourage everybody just to keep on grinding, keep adjusting, keep moving forward. Don't look back, go after your goals. And eventually you're going to hit it. You're going to hit that one winning trade. That's going to make a difference. You're going to hit that one success story. That's going to make a difference. Just keep moving forward. And so then again, as we move on, he had another great trade in 1906 where he had shorted the market ahead of time and he didn't know what was going to happen, but there was a major earthquake in San Francisco and that caused the market to drop rapidly. And that was in 1906. And he made another $250,000 just from the market dropping quickly. And so shorting the market has some risks involved. Actually, all trading has risk, but shorting can be a lot more risky. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience, sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and 
you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. And it's definitely something that you want to be careful of. And he needed to be careful as well. But it worked out. It paid off big for him. And then after 1906, the next year, Jesse made another million dollars in one single day. When there was an economic downturn, he was shorting. And reportedly, the famous banker, JP Morgan, was talking to Jesse and asking him to stop short selling. And because of the massive drop, and he ended up listening and he did, but he started to buy and he was made a million dollars on the shorts and then he made three million on the upswing. Okay. And so he was really making it big all of a sudden a million dollars and three million, a million on the drop, three million on the up. Just things were really good. However, not everything was perfect in his life. And as we trade, traders' lives don't happen in a vacuum. They have, we have personal lives and we have to manage everything accordingly. But Jesse was having some personal problems and some of that carried over into his trading. And he also had some other trading issues as well. He was a target of other traders because other traders saw what he was doing and they went after him. And so there was one particular trader, Teddy Price, who was a cotton trader, and he convinced Jesse to buy cotton while Teddy was going short. And Jesse did that but it was a trap and he actually ended up going bankrupt on that trade. So he lost everything on one trade. So Jesse's working for 20 years. I just want you to imagine the emotions behind this. And sometimes it's good just to stop and think. That's kind of why I'm doing this episode is just to stop and think and unpack things a little bit. But imagine spending 20 years building up a fortune, working your butt off, grinding, For those of you that know what it's like to grind day in and day out, it's crazy. But to grind like that for years and then to lose it all, man, that is brutal. Like the emotional toll that would take on you would be huge. So he went bankrupt, but he still kept going and was able to get scrounge up some money to keep moving because he knew what he was doing. And he ended up actually later doing the exact same thing that Teddy Price did. He cornered the market on cotton but he didn't make any money on it. And if you, let me break down, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but cornering the market basically means buying everything or selling everything, basically controlling an entire market. But he cornered the market on cotton, but ended up not making any money on it. And there's a story that says that the president Woodrow Wilson asked him to stop the trade because it was going to hurt the economy. And they say that he agreed to do it because he didn't want to destroy the economy. So he gave in and stopped his trade. So as we continue on, as Jesse continues on, and I'm continuing on with the story, by 1950, he was at bankruptcy again. So he's got all these ups and downs. And at this point, he's actually learning some of the hard lessons and he's turning it into rules to help him. And so one of those rules was to take care of your family first with a trust so he wouldn't risk their well-being in the stock market. So he would make big money and he'd roll it into a trust so that he wasn't 100% at the whim of the market, right? Because that is 
a dangerous place to be. And those ups and downs have a toll. They take a toll on you. And another lesson he implemented was never trust anyone else's advice because it always led him to losses, taking a hot tip. And that's something that I think we need to learn as traders is, yes, it's okay to listen to what other people are saying or to learn from their research or get yourself educated. I think those are all really important things, but just following a blind pick is never a good idea. And even if you do that, you still have to have a strategy. You have to have the risk management. You have to have everything in place and really know what's going on behind the scenes. You got to educate yourself. It's your money. You're the ones taking the risk. Nobody else is going to take ownership of that, only you. So that's a really good lesson. We're taking a short two-minute break for a hand-picked message from our sponsor, DreamTrades.com. This is a special offer available only for the listeners of the How to Trade It podcast. Do you have a plan for your financial future? Do you have enough money for the things you need to do? I bet if you're like most people, you don't have enough money saved for retirement right now. Am I right? Well, investing in stocks may be the answer you're looking for. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts makes it super easy for beginners and those who simply just don't have the time or the desire to spend hours researching what stocks to trade. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts removes the guesswork from which stock to pick by providing you with a monthly in-depth analysis of a very high-profile stock. The research is done for you. You get in-depth research a full report each and every month. And in the last year, Dream Trades has gotten 100% return on investment for everyone following the reports. Because you're a listener of the How to Trade It podcast, we're giving you a code for $25 off a one-year subscription. Check it out at dreamtrades.com. All you got to do is click on monthly alerts and use the coupon code podcast to get the $25 off. Again, Just go to dreamtrades.com and select monthly alerts, then use the coupon code PODCAST. Another lesson that he learned was technique that he created called pyramiding, or also called scaling in, which is taking a small position and seeing if that works. And if it works, then increasing the size, right? Oh, like buying one share of a stock. And if that share goes up over the next week or so, buying another share. And then if it goes up, continuing to buy until that trade gets momentum. And that way, if you take a small loss on the first trade, you can always get in later. You take that loss, you wait for the timing to be right. Because a lot of times your trades might be right, but your timing's wrong. So if you take a small trade early, you can avoid a big loss and you can wait until the timing is just right. Okay. And he uses this technique to take himself further on down the road later on. So he did a lot of things that were definitely different than what we do now, but not then again, not so different. He was involved in market manipulation and that helped him get some big wins against other traders and traders would go against each other back then. But And I said that's different now because of regulations, but really when we look at it, it's not so different. We see hedge fund traders putting out false news today. We see hedge fund traders shorting the market. We see all of these things happening today. Social media has made it much more available to do so. There are regulations and rules, but really we all know that those are set up to help the people on top. And there's not much you can do to regulate such a crazy market anyways. 
So that's why everybody has to have ownership and risk and really manage their own trades. So the big trade was coming for him. He'd already been bankrupted a couple times and made a couple fortunes. But in 1929, which we all know that date, that was the Great Depression, Jesse really felt like the market was in trouble. He noticed that it was making some big moves up, but he could sense that it was starting to move lower, that it was going to reverse. And so he started to short the market. And he did it the exact same way that he learned, which was that pyramiding technique. He would take a small trade and if he lost, he would get out. And so he was starting to take these short positions. And initially, he was down a lot and had lost a lot. And even some of the positions he hadn't cashed out, he was down as much as $6 million on paper. But the crash came suddenly. And when you're shorting a stock, it's very dangerous because if the market would go the opposite direction, you have unlimited risk. Because, and here's why if you short a stock, let's say it's trading, and we see this just happened with GameStop, but you short GameStop or whatever at $15, and then the next thing you know, it's trading at 15 or $450 a share. That's a real life example, right? So there's unlimited risk unless you take yourself out of the trade. If you buy GameStop at $15 a share and it goes to zero, you can only lose $15 a share, right? But if you short GameStop at 15, and it goes to 450, there's an unlimited risk because it can keep going up and up forever. So what he was doing was very dangerous, shorting the stock market. Because as you can see, if we look back at 1929, the stock market is a million times higher now. And so the timing on that has to be perfect and you have to cut your losses, which is what he was doing. But anyhow, there was a big move in 1929. As we know, the Great Depression, the crash that launched the Great Depression. He didn't know what was coming. It was one of the worst days in financial American history. And it was a huge loss. And by the end of the day, on that day in 1929, he had made $100 million on that day, whereas a lot of other people would loss. And so you just don't know what the market's going to do. Again, we talked about him grinding earlier and making the big win. And that's the thing about trading is we, if we keep our risk tight and we allow the big wins to come, we can get some really big winners because the market can go crazy. And if you're on the right side of it, you can do that. So manage your risk really well and allow your winners to run. And the market eventually will reward you with some big boys, some big days, right? And that's what happened with Jesse. He made $100 million. And let me break this down for you guys that are listening. $100 million in one day, that was $1.5 billion in today's money. So that's a big trade, $1.5 billion in a single trade. Can you imagine that? However, again, it wasn't all cupcakes and rainbows, right? As he had made so much money on everybody else's loss, his notoriety as a trader took a turn for the worse. And after the crash, the public blamed him and even sent him death threats. And other things were going on in his life, with his personal life and his marriage. And so it started to decline his mental health. And this is a really important note that I wanted to mention. We got to take care of ourselves mentally. You got to have a good plan to really look at yourself, look at your life and to be positive and just really help yourself out with that. So that because there's ups and downs in life and in a trading life, when you have to deal with loss constantly, 
it really takes a toll on you. And it was taking his toll on Jesse. He had all these massive highs and these massive lows. And while it must have been great to be the highs, I can't imagine how it felt on the lows. And I know how I feel when I'm going through my lows and it's really painful. And I always work on just maintaining positive and the way that I have done so well with keeping a positive attitude and during my difficult times is just going to the Lord in prayer. And God's always been with me to help me during those tough times. That might not work for everyone, obviously, but for me, that has always given me a sense of comfort. So additionally, with him getting personal attacks, the SEC's changed some rules and he had a hard time adjusting to it. And so as crazy as it sounds, he made $100 million. Then he later on had to deal with another bankruptcy, a third one. And that really took a toll on his mental health. And he had all these ups and downs, right? And so again, in 1937, he paid off all his debt. He was an advisor selling technical analysis tools. He also published a book in 1940. And his book was called uh, How to Trade in Stocks. And he really credited his success to being disciplined. And he developed a lot of techniques that still are used today in modern day technical analysis and helps shape the market trading world that we know today. And I want to talk now about some of his techniques and things that he's credited to his fortune. It's the discipline, right? Discipline. Now, I have to ask the question, well, he said it's discipline, yet he went bankrupt three times. So obviously, he didn't follow it all the time, right? And so that will lead us to believe that anyone in trading can have a down day. And if you have a down day, it can literally drive you into bankruptcy. So you want to have a good plan for consolidating your money. When you have a winning day, go pull that money into something. Really important, right? So one of his big rules is don't let a position go against you. Don't hold on to your losers. His break-even point where he would cut out of the trade was 10%, right? So he had a 10% rule. Another strategy that he used was a scale into trades, which is also called pyramiding. So we talked about that already. It's take a small position. And then he also would trade leaders, leading stocks. And I found that finding the leaders is really important. You find the strongest, find the best, and ride that. He also would follow the trend. And so those things really helped him out. And even to this day, those strategies still really work. So just think about that. There's four points there that you guys can use to your own trading is managing risk really tight, scaling your trades, trading uh, winners and leading stocks and following the trend. If you do those things, you're going to do really well. And so there's a lot of lessons to be learned here. And one of the other things, his story ended up in a rough situation. It was terrible, actually. He ended up being married three times. A lot of turmoil in the marriages didn't work out real well. His second wife ended up selling his home. He spent $3.5 million on the house and she sold it for $222,000, basically throwing his money away. And he was really depressed by that. And he just had a really lot of ups and downs. And then at the end of 1940, in November 28th, 1940, he ended up killing himself and ending his own life by shooting himself in a New York City hotel. And the reports say that he was again nearly bankrupt at the time of his death. And so he had all of these ups and all of these downs and the market really took a toll on him. This is a guy where you could look at him and just look at his success and just be in awe. I mean, he had a lot of enemies, but he also had a lot of people that were just in awe of his skill because he really did have a lot of skill. 
but he ended up being a victim of the market because of the amount of depression that the valleys had on his life. The valleys were more than what he could handle and he ended up taking his own life. So, there's a lot of lessons to be said there and one of them is really try to limit your risk because taking those losses does a lot more than just losing money. It impacts your emotional well-being. It impacts your state of mind and your mental health. And if you've ever been in a depression, which I have been very fortunate, I haven't suffered severe depression, but the little bit of depression I have dealt with, it's so hard. You feel like there's no way out. You feel like you're in a pit of despair. And I really have a lot of compassion for him because he did some great things. And so, just really keep that in mind and anything can happen in the market. So, every time you take a trade, remember that it could be your last trade. You just don't know. And we want to just take this and learn from Jesse's life. It's a great story. I mean, it, it ends sadly, but he had some great moments. And really, that's what we want in life, right? To have some great moments. We all got to have good and bad and great moments are what keep us going. But thank you guys for listening. This is a special Legends edition. And now I want to end off with an engagement for you because I don't like just to talk. I want you guys to talk to me. So what I would like for you to do is to send us an email at business at tradingstrategyguides.com and leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Also, let me know if there's any guests you would like to see on the show. And if you leave enough comments and send me enough feedback, I'll go after those guests. What else you could do is what kind of question do you want me to ask? Let me know. Is there anything you want me to talk about? Is there any specific trading questions you would like for me to ask a guest so we can have this show more engaging, more feedback from the audience? Because ultimately, we do this for you. This is all done for you. And it's your show. So take just two minutes, write me an email. And again, that address is business at tradingstrategyguides.com. And I will answer every email that we get. In the subject line, just put how to trade it podcast. So we know that it's someone coming from the show. Just send an email with the subject line, how to trade it podcast. Thank you so much. If you like the Legends Editions, let us know because we're going to do more of them. If you hate it, let me know because I don't want to do anything that you guys hate. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. For tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. 
keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.